second scripture reading is from Revelation chapter 7. And a little orientation to Revelation, I think, is always uh, in order. A few things to know about the final book of the Bible. It is a written version of a spiritual vision that was given to John. So you're going to find in it a lot of sights and sounds and images that are not meant to be taken literally. They were a vision that was given to John and that he wrote down for the church to see and hear and interpret. Also, it is written to comfort Christians who are experiencing the type of persecution and tribulation that is written about in the book. The, the folks that were reading this uh, were experiencing suffering and persecution, and this book was written to comfort them. So it's not written to say, God's going to get you if you don't. It's written for comfort for those who were experiencing the kind of suffering. So the basic fundamental idea of the book is that evil causes suffering. Suffering is real and it's bad. And in the end, God wins. God defeats evil and suffering. So we pick up the book after a series of plagues have come upon the earth. We see disease spreading throughout the earth. We see wars and, and conflict and division among the peoples of the earth. It's basically 2020. And through it all, God perseveres with God's chosen people, brings out the 12 tribes marked and selected, and then something surprising happens in Revelation chapter 7, beginning at the ninth verse. I looked again. I saw a huge crowd, too huge to count. Everyone was there, all nations and tribes, all races and languages. They were standing dressed in white robes and waving palm branches, standing before the throne and the Lamb, heartily singing, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne. Salvation to the Lamb. All who were standing around the throne, the angels, the elders, and the animals, fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Oh yes, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, the honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Oh yes. Just then, one of the elders addressed me. Who are these dressed in the white robes and where did they come from? Taken aback, I said, oh, sir, I have no idea, but you must know. Then he told me, these are those who have come from the great tribulation, and they're washed their robes. They've washed their robes, scrubbed them clean in the blood of the Lamb. That's why they're standing before God's throne. They serve him day and night in his temple. The one on the throne will pitch his tent there for them. No more hunger, no more thirst, no more scorching heat. The lamb on the throne will shepherd them, will lead them to the spring waters of life, and God will wipe every last tear 
from their eyes. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So up to this point, things are really going along in Revelation in a very orderly fashion. The scrolls, the seven scrolls are received. Each one is opened in order. Each uh, angel marches out. Each uh, song comes in order. The people are singing exactly the parts that they're supposed to sing. And then suddenly, there's this explosion of noise and people and shouting and dancing that, that it seems people didn't anticipate. And there's a new song being sung. Salvation, salvation. And those who are already present, who are watching things unfold, join in and they're shouting, oh yes, oh yes. And it feels like the, the elder who's standing there looks to the side at John and said, did you invite these people? It made me think of a wedding, like a wedding reception. Now that's a very common image for the final judgment day of God, right? The coming of the Lord, the wedding reception, the wedding party. And I'm thinking of the kind where everything is just going along according to tradition, right? The bride has been announced, they've come in, they've done the cake, and, and each little, the first dance has happened, and the bride and their daddy and all that. All these things have been happening just right along according to tradition. And then suddenly, there's a little more action on the dance floor. Suddenly things are getting lively and there's a group that's dancing and, and having a huge time and everybody's joining in and, and they've, they're grabbing the microphone from the DJ and singing and everybody's starting to sing along and, and really starting to have a good time and everybody's going, is that her cousins? No, no, I think it's his friends from college. And John is like that bridesmaid who's like oh they're my friends i invited them they're the gentiles we invited them in they're crashing the party unexpected guests at god's final banquet you see we knew that the jews were coming but they forgot for a moment what God had done in Jesus Christ, that the doors had been opened to all. And the elder remembers and recalls and gives thanks and praise to the Lord that the unexpected guests are being invited in. You see, they shouldn't be there, but they are. And they are giving such great thanks and praise that they have enlivened the whole party because of what God has done for them. Their salvation is unexpected and they give thanks for it. Like each one of us, we have come to God unworthy. We have come to God in our sin and our brokenness. Maybe you're coming today in your sin and your brokenness and you feel unworthy, and yet God is inviting you to the party. 
In the grace of God and Jesus Christ, everyone is invited in to join in the celebration, to add, experience the forgiveness in Jesus Christ, and to join the party. Because the party isn't just for those who have lived perfectly and received the blessings. No, it says, John tells us, the elder tells John, that these are the ones who have come through the tribulation. They've come through tough times. The folks that we are remembering today, they've come through tough times. Al Lupo came through a terrible accident that deprived him of his capabilities. John Hill knew tough times. Mac, in his 101 years, knew two world wars, knew conflict across the world, knew a cold war. He knew, he saw the decline of of this church and its rebirth. He saw a pandemic. You see, they came through tribulation. And now they are the guests at the party of the Lord. Now they hoped beyond what was seen in this world. Because their Savior hoped beyond what was seen in this world. Jesus Christ went to the cross and He was killed. In this world He knew troubles, yet Jesus overcame the world. And in His resurrection is the promise of hope for us that extends beyond death. So that we can hope. We can hope through the tribulation. We can hope through the suffering. We can hope even beyond death itself. We might feel like we're not supposed to be here. We might not feel like we're not worthy to go before the throne of the Lamb. We may feel like the troubles are overcoming us. And yet the promise of of revelation, the promise of Jesus Christ and the resurrection is that God is doing something new upon the earth that is overcoming, that is overcoming sin and death, that is overcoming thirst and hunger, that is overcoming homelessness and brokenness and health problems and pandemics and everything in the world. We have a hope that looks beyond that to a new world, to a resurrection world, to a new heaven and a new earth where God has triumphed over sin and evil and death and we can all be a part of it and join in that wedding party, that great celebration. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord our God today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.